We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast. We're part of the Blue Wire Network. I'm Ricky O'Donnell. As always, I'm here with Jason Fat. Jason, the Bulls are sliding down the standings. They lose to the Phoenix Suns last night, 127-124, in a game that certainly was not that close. The Bulls getting basically blown out, entering the fourth quarter. They do go on a little bit of a run in the fourth to get the final margin respectable, but that certainly did not feel like a three-point defeat no. for Bulls, Jason. That felt like an easy double-digit defeat. The Suns were running away with that game, uh, you know, throughout the competitive portion of the contest, uh, just dealing the Bulls a pretty thorough beatdown in what I thought was a game the Bulls would never really have a chance in. That's because one day earlier on Sunday, the Bulls hosted the Philadelphia 76ers. They lost a hard-fought game, 119-108. DeMar DeRozan pops off for 45 points. Somehow, Joel Embiid was even better, sort of putting up another MVP-caliber performance he had 40 points, 14 to 23 shooting. MB just totally dominated the Bulls inside. As always. The Bulls still have never beaten Joel MB during his career. Kind of a troubling stat. I mean, the Bulls were horrible for like the majority of MB's career, but uh, not the best stat for the Bulls. So after the back to back losses, Jason, the Bulls now sit at 33 and 21. They're down to third in the Eastern Conference. The Heat are on top of the table right now. Then the Bucks. The Bulls are a game and a half behind them, uh, but there's only one game separating them in the fifth seed, and that's Philadelphia. So uh, the Bulls still going to be without Alex Caruso, Lonzo Ball for at least another month in the best case scenario. Of course, Jace, they have the opportunity to add reinforcements this week with the NBA trade line going down Thursday at, I believe, 3 p.m. Something like that. Yeah. Uh, 
It's already been a very busy trade line. Norman Powell traded to the Clippers. Karis Levert traded to the Cavs. DeMontes Sabonis and Tyrese Halliburton swapped today in what I thought was the most jarring trade uh, so far in season. And then we also had CJ McCollum finally going to the Pelicans. So a lot of action happening. We know that Arturis Karnaschovas and the Bulls made some of the boldest moves at the trade deadline last year when they swung a deal for Nikola Vucevic. So, Jace, how are you feeling about the team right now? Because uh, things have been better. And then also, how are you feeling about the trade deadline? Yeah, I mean, the Bulls are just kind of a bummer right now. Uh, we've talked about it for since Caruso and Lonzo have been out. They're just Their whole identity is like shot without them. Uh, DeMar has been incredible. Props to DeMar for putting the team on his back against the, against the uh, Sixers without Zach Levine playing in that game. And he did it again against the Suns. He helped make that game close, which also made me very upset because I bet $50 on the Suns minus eight. And uh, it was looking pretty good for a while, considering it was a 27 point game at one point, And it was like a 17 point game with like three minutes to go. And then Malcolm Hill hit a few three pointers and, and DeMar was just like in the fourth quarter was going off and Malcolm Hill had some late three pointers. So that was $50 down the drain was the Bulls scrubs one garbage time. But in general, like right now, the Bulls, it's just like kind of whatever. I know a lot of teams have dealt with injuries and stuff, but uh, and the Bulls still have. I mean, I mean, Zach missed time, too, though. I mean, going back to uh, which we haven't talked in a while because you were in Vegas, so. Uh, hopefully they had a fun time there, but like they're the Raptors game that they almost pulled out, but they lose that one close because they can't get an offensive or can't get one last rebound. They get the nice Pacers win on the road right after that, which is nice. Shout out to IO for his dunk. But of course now IO got concussed by Matt Thomas's knee. Uh, so he's now out too. So it's just like every other day, there's like a new injury. The team is, and, and because of it, it's just the team is a bummer. They can't stop anybody. They have the worst defense in the NBA over like the last month, which isn't that much of a surprise because all their defensive players are hurt outside of like Javante Green. Lonzo's hurt. Caruso's hurt. Io's now hurt. Derek Jones Jr. is still out. So it's like the team, just such important pieces to the team. And like the schedule, and the schedule is brutal with all these games. They just played four games in five nights. So it's like, it's almost just like, it's hard to like be too upset. Uh, it's obviously not great when you're getting blown out. Like they, they were mostly blown out against the Suns, but like, we just know at this point, like they're not, a, they're, they're not a great team without those guys because their defense is one of the worst in the league. And again, you don't want to make too many excuses. I mean, you still do have three all-star level players, but we know they're offensive guys and they're kind of looking more like the team that critics thought that they would be uh, as an all defense. They're still like fourth in offensive rating. They still have a totally elite offense with these guys, but they can't stop anybody. Uh, they're not, I'm not going to say they're not going to stop anybody because hopefully they do make some reinforcements with, with the deadline coming up. But just as the way the roster is instructed right now with all those main guys out, defensive guys out, I mean, and their bench, they're playing Matt Thomas, big minutes. We're getting, I mean, we just the, like the bench units are, are just bad. Uh, when you're him, he's playing big minutes. Troy Brown Jr. is playing big minutes. Malcolm Hill and like Alfonso McKinney and Tony Bradley. When they're just getting forced into these bigger roles and they should be playing, it's hard to win games. It's hard to get stops. And uh, it, like I said, it's just kind of a bummer right now because the vibes were so good earlier. So now going into this trade deadline, we, as you mentioned, we've seen some huge moves made by teams in the division. The Cavs loading up Karis LeVert, who I think is probably a little overrated, but he gives them, the Cavs, something they need, some half courts. When we saw LeVert score 42 against the Bulls, just absolutely roasting them, kept them in that game because the Pacers had like nobody else. It was basically Karis LeVert, 
versus the Bulls, and he kept them in it. He had he gave them a chance to win with his 42. And while he's not the most efficient player, that's a nice trade for the Cavs, given they needed uh, so, some guard play with Colin Sexton out, with Ricky Rubio out. So that's a nice move for them. You mentioned the Sabonis trade. I know a lot of people are absolutely confused why the Kings gave, gave up Tyrese Halliburton for DeMond Sabonis, and uh, I'm pro- kind of on that as well. I think Halliburton might also be slightly overrated at this point. Really good young player. Sabonis is also really good, but and I think the question is just like Halliburton's 21. Is Sabonis and Darren Fox like a, a duo that's going to take you anywhere? I don't know. Still shaking things up. Not surprised to see the Kings shake up. And we're going to talk about the Kings in relation to the Bulls coming up here. Uh, and then McCollum finally move, making moves. The Blazers are in a weird spot because I feel like the couple moves they made just kind of strange. doesn't seem like they got great value for a lot of these good, like decent players that they had. Uh, Pelicans taking a shot to get McCollum, they, uh, getting more offense. Who knows when Zion's coming back? So it's been a lot, a lot of big moves like before, in the days leading up. And obviously, there, we also have the Ben Simmons, James Harden stuff all around us. And then we have the Bulls. The Bulls have been a part of a couple like small rumors. Uh, we've heard Dennis Schroeder's name come out there. A few, a few different people have reported that. Uh, we've seen Jakob Pertl has been a guy, another name thrown around there. Uh, who else is like, those like the feel like the two main guys that we've seen in rumors here involved with the bulls. And so I guess starting there in terms of the bulls, what do you make of those two names being linked to them? Yeah, I think both of those guys sort of signal opportunities to maybe take advantage of other teams. Boston, I believe is over the luxury tax. Correct me if I'm wrong here. Yeah. And dealing Schroeder, I think would get them under or pretty close. So uh, for the Bulls, it would just be an opportunity to get a player Billy Donovan's very comfortable with. Schroeder was part of that great three-guard lineup under Donovan on the Thunder a few years back with Chris Paul, with Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Dennis had the best year of his career playing with the Thunder in those three-guard lineups for Billy Donovan, so I think it would make sense if Billy was advocating for him. I do think Schroeder would give the Bulls a little bit more defensively than they've had in the backcourt thus far. He would also give them someone who can play over Matt Thomas. Dear Lord, do the Bulls need someone who can play over Matt Thomas. Hopefully Schroeder wouldn't at least concuss his teammates the way Matt <laughs> Thomas did with his clumsy ass knee and Io DeSumo or shoulder and then whatever he did in the head the other day. Uh, that was just so frustrating. I feel like Matt Thomas, is he the first AK guy that we've turned on? Like the first <laughs> guy where we're like, this guy sucks. Write it off. Maybe like, Tony Bradley as well. I don't know. Yeah. The, the I, bench is the bench. The deep bench is not. We were thinking after like we we uh, the last few years when it was like Denzel and Arch and Felicio, like we were excited to get some new blood in there. Bradley is pretty bad, and like Thomas is not good, and McKinney had like those few nice games, but he's been pretty bad. Malcolm Hill is nice story as an Illini guy, but eh. So like I feel like the end of the bench, which is why I think so many people are excited for this deadline to see if they can make some moves to get those guys kind of not play as much. Uh, because, yeah, I mean, when you're playing, when your bench is, again, like Troy Brown Jr., Matt Thomas, Tony Bradley, and Alfonso McKinney, it's just not good. Not good at all. So, like, and obviously all the injuries are tough. And, again, Zach has missed time lately, too. Kobe missed a few games with an injury. So, like, all of it put together and these guys getting forced in time. So, like, whenever you're getting deep into deep bench stuff, like, you'll be lucky to get these, these guys to give bigger performances. But uh, the, the amount of Matt Thomas minutes, the amount of Bradley minutes, 
McKinney, they just, it's not really doing much. So like, that's why I think like people are excited. Like, are they going to make any moves? I think they do need to do something to help just bolster that bench for now. And when they hopefully get those guys back down the road. Yeah. Matt Thomas stinks, dude. I didn't even <laughs> think Matt Thomas was going to make the roster. I yeah. thought that would go to Stanley Johnson. Who's now I think starting and closing games for the Lakers. <laughs> Uh, Stanley Johnson, of course, was signed by the Bulls late in the seat in the middle of the season, too, and got COVID, COVID. <laughs> or even played a game with the team. So uh, it's important to remember, though, that Matt Thomas basically never played right when the team was healthy. Like, right. He's yeah. Only playing because the rest of the roster is so compromised. So uh, if they could find an upgrade like Schroeder, I mean, I kind of go back and forth on that one. I do think he'd be a talent upgrade in the aggregate, but I just wonder how well he pairs with yeah. like Vooch and DeMar specifically because he's just not a great catch and shoot guy. You know, he's typically yeah. been about a 33% three point shooter throughout his career, 34% shooter. And he's not someone who's been a popular locker room guy either. Yeah. And that was playing even with like, you know, the best players in the league, like LeBron and AD. So I'm a little on the fence about Dennis, but I could talk myself into it, no doubt. And, you know, hopefully the Billy Donovan connection would take it to the next level. Yeah. Uh, just, I mean, the, like the, whatever, the trade framework that has been like thrown out there was like Troy Brown Jr. in a second. So like you think it's about it, it's lot. like Troy Brown Jr. Yeah. Is, is bad. So like, yeah. yeah. And like a pure talent level and they just need like help right now, like talent wise. Like, yeah, sure. I'll take Dennis Schroeder here. And he's making, yeah. he's an expiring deal. One year deal is like five or 6 million. He basically matches right up with Troy Brown Jr. So it's like pure talent, like upgrade right now is Dennis Schroeder's a huge upgrade over Troy Brown Jr. Yeah. Definitely have your concerns about the shooting, about some of the locker room stuff that we've heard uh, in the past, but just like that trade, like in a vacuum. It's like, yeah, absolutely. Troy Brown Jr. Is second, like get the fuck out of here. I'll take Dennis Schroeder for that. Obviously, then sure. you would think there'd be other moves involved. Like, do you then trade Kobe White for like a big man? And then we'll talk about that a bit more. Uh, so yeah, it's it's an interesting thing. Apparently, the Cavs and the Celtic or and the Bucks are both in on Dennis Schroeder as well. We've seen the Bucks rumors that were out there were like Dante DiVincenzo, but the Bucks wanted Grant, Grant Williams as well. Don't really know if the Celtics will go for that. It seems like a bit much. Um and then the Cavs, they obviously made the LeVert trade, but they could still use some more guard help. So maybe they try to get something in on that as well. Uh, yeah, I'm also with you. Like on the like, I could I could talk myself into Schroeder just because they need guys who can play in the backcourt right now. But like once like Caruso and Ball are healthy, like I don't think Schroeder would play much, right? Right. Like, That's I'm, kind of what I was thinking too. Like, That's do you yeah. owe Schroeder minutes because he's a veteran. He's made a lot of money, turned down a lot of money. Yeah. He's going to be a free agent. I don't think you owe him minutes, but I just hope yeah. that he wouldn't like disrupt the good vibes. Right. And then you got Pirtle. Yeah. Interesting. Really interesting. Very, very yeah. interesting. So Jake Fisher, who's been right about a few things on this trade deadline, he basically had the exact framework of the McCollum deal earlier today that went down between the Pelicans and the Blazers. He reported that you know, a day or hours earlier. And that basically happened exactly how he reported it. So he said, I believe the Bulls made a trade offer for Pirtle. I think Mark Stein confirmed that too. I believe Stein also Stein said, said the Spurs, yeah, Spurs turned down an offer, I believe, of like a future first round pick. And the Bulls have like no first round picks. So I would assume that was the Portland's. Yeah, I would assume it was that. Uh, so the Portland pick is lottery protected. I believe it's protected until 2026 and 2028, I believe. Okay. Yeah. Or 27. Like it's, it's, it's way down the road. 
The question though is that like, is Portland going to make the playoffs before? I mean, that? I think they're probably. I mean, they they claim that they're going to try to build like rapidly rebuild around Dame. Like we saw, they're involved in Jeremy Grant rumors. Uh, I mean, and they got some stuff here from these trades, but like not enough. I feel like what they should have gotten was the Larry Nance part of that of that McCollum trade was. I think a lot of people found bizarre. I know he's hurt. I know he, Larry Nance is a guy we've talked about as uh, the Bulls. He was involved in the trade, the three-way trade last year with the Bulls. And we would have liked him as a possibility. I know, again, he's hurt, but like interesting there, but to trade McCollum, Nance and Tony Snell, and they got like one protected first. Uh, they just like, didn't get that much. So like, I'm curious to see like if they're going to try to turn around and use that to get a guy like Jeremy Grant, but the asking price for him is super high. I mean, we'll see what happens with Dame. I mean, I feel like there's a decent chance they do end up like Dame ends up asking out soon, even though he says he doesn't really want to do that. So, yeah, I mean, this could be a situation where that Blazers, the Blazers are rebuilding in full and that doesn't convey for a bit. We'll see what they point is trade that pick. If you could find a sucker to take yeah. that pick, yeah. I would love, love, love to see the Bulls trade that pick because it's not conveying this year. And I'm skeptical if it's going to convey over the time period, even though it is, you know, extended for several more years it's like yeah you're right like what are the blazers going to do max out miles bridges as an rfa hope the hornets don't match try to swing a trade for jeremy grant that team's still going to suck like they (laughs) probably need to just trade damian lillard at this point but they don't want to do it i get it uh portland blew it years before by not trading mccollum years earlier and you know going after one of these stars that has hit the market over the last three four years they really failed dame i think uh, over the last several years. So I don't know why he's so loyal to them. But from the Bulls' perspective, I think that if you could trade the Portland pick, trade the Portland pick. Yeah, absolutely. Hurdle would be interesting. Like you would be basically be getting 48 minutes of elite center play between Vooch and Pirtle at that point. I don't think they could play together, but Vooch has been playing on the perimeter more. I wouldn't do it. I think Vooch yeah. is really at his best when he's trying to get inside position. Uh, when he's able to get like those quick seals, score around the basket. Vooch's three-point shot has fallen off a little bit. I think, you know, I have a bunch of stats written down of the Bulls since the nine-game winning streak. And one thing about the team is that while their offense has still been really good, I think it's fourth over those last 18 games or whatever, uh, the three-point shooting is totally bottomed out. Vooch has been part of that. He's putting up great numbers over, you know, that stretch where the Bulls are 7-11. and 11 over those uh, 18 games. But, you know, despite the fact that he's averaging like 20 points and 12 rebounds, his shooting has fallen off a little bit. I think when we've seen Vooch have success recently, it's when he's been working inside and taking advantage of teams that didn't have uh, fully available front courts. So Pirtle to me is interesting because he would give you a totally different look. than He is a total non-shooter. Yeah, he's not a threat to space the floor whatsoever. He's a good role man offensively, but what he is really good at defensively is just defending the pick and roll, walling up at the rim. So I think someone like him would be a pretty great addition if they could steal him for that first round pick from the Blazers. Uh, Seems unlikely to happen. If I was the Spurs, I wouldn't bite on that, but the Spurs do want a first round pick in return for Pirtle. So I think it's a good target for the Bulls. I like the idea of AK, you know, not immediately going to, well, I guess we got to trade Pat or Kobe to make an upgrade at the trade deadline. I think that uh, he's going to explore avenues to keep sort of the core pieces of the team together 
while still adding talent. Now he might not find anyone to uh, bite on some of these <laughs> low ball offers. And if that's the case, then maybe he will, you know, trade a guy who's, you know, been part of the team and a contributing part of a very good team all year to get a talent upgrade. Uh, I've thought from the beginning that when the Bulls took the Blazers pick and they took Derek Jones instead of, you know, probably having their option to take Larry Nance, uh, I thought at the time that like the Bulls are definitely going to make another deal at the trade deadline. Now, the question is, will it be around the margins or will it be, you know, moving Patrick Williams, potentially the biggest piece? Kobe White is also going to have his name in trade rumors over the next couple of days. So it's going to be fascinating, man. And I know that uh, you put out a call for questions and we basically got like eight variations of the same question. Yeah, we'll go through. Yeah, we'll definitely go through a few of these here. Uh, I just quick thing on Pirtle. I feel like I just can't see the Bulls giving what the Spurs want for a guy who would end up being a backup. Because uh, we know like Vooch is at, and Pirtle is very good, but Vooch is going to end up playing 30 some minutes a game. You figure I don't love the idea of playing Pirtle and Vooch together. I think I looked at basketball reference and I think Pirtle like one year played like 20, a quarter of his minutes at power forward. And it's been a center the rest of the time. And like I said, he's not offering shooting. Like can either of them play like a lot as like a power forward? Uh, like, so like in that case, like it would be great to have as like Vooch's backup, but like, are you giving up whatever, what they, the Spurs probably want for a real, their starting center, a good, a good player. For that, it just seems like the match doesn't really make sense there. But like, who knows? Maybe we'll see. Like some of these trades, we've been surprised by like how little has gone for seemingly like really good players. So I don't know. We'll see. But yeah, we got some we got some questions here um, from our great followers on Twitter. Definitely got some very similar questions here. So we'll combine a few of them here. Um, first of all, uh, this is from our my guy. <laughs> Funky by guy at angry black by guy who's always have great conversations with him on Twitter. Uh, He just had basic some names he threw out there. And I threw this out, this name out there as well. Right after uh, the Kings trade, he's just Barnes. That's Harrison Barnes, Montrez Harold. And we'll talk about the wizards more. We got some, a few questions about the wizards Uh, Holmes. That's Rashawn Holmes or other. So we talked about Rashawn Holmes a bit on our last pod. I made a joke about Harrison Barnes. Well, not really a joke, kind of serious after the Kings traded to uh, Tyrese Halliburton today about Kobe and Derek Jones Jr. Something like that for Harrison Barnes. And we've talked about Harrison Barnes quite a bit as well. Uh, Harold, the Wizards, uh, I guess, well, like I said, we'll talk more about the Wizards in a bit, but the Wizards, uh, Bradley Beal's after the season, wrist surgery. I think it's a wrist surgery. They'll probably be looking to tank now and probably be big time sellers. So out of those three names, who do you like the most? What do you, I guess, what do you think it would take to get them? Any, uh, I guess we'll maybe go to the other a bit later. So this is out of bar Harrison, Harrison Barnes, Barnes, Montrez, Harrell, Rashawn Holmes. Yeah. I think that Harrison Barnes and Holmes would both be big additions. Uh, Holmes, not a great defensive center. So he'd be somewhat similar to Vooch in that regard, but just like such a skilled, uniquely skilled offensive player, King of the flip shot, uh, the son of Thad Young, spiritually, <laughs> at least, uh, Holmes is with that flip shot. Uh, he had developed really good pick and roll chemistry with Tyrese Halliburton this year and really dating back to last year as well. Halliburton, of course, now going to Indiana. So I think it makes sense for them to move Holmes after they acquired Sabonis. Of course, what the Kings do never makes sense. So I wouldn't <laughs> be surprised if they played Sabonis and Holmes next to each other. 
Barnes, I think, would fit very well on this Bulls team. I think if you could get Harrison Barnes without giving up Patrick Williams, that would probably be a very nice addition for the Bulls. It would give them... <laughs> Go ahead. To the, I was going to say, to the point about Barnes, I when I said, I literally said this, Kobe and DJJ for Barnes, call it in. I got a lot of people saying absolutely not to that. I think a lot of people are probably attached to Kobe White. And even like Jones, just because he's kind of fun and he dunks really cool. And a lot of people probably just think Harrison Barnes sucks because of his finals performance in 2016. If you were able to do Kobe White and Jerry Jones Jr. and like not include the first, which I think you might have to, I think you might need a little more salary as well to get to Barnes. I mean, that I feel like is a steal. Barnes is really good. Kobe, the Kobe, I think this, I'll just go into my Kobe thing right now. I guess the Kobe situation is really fascinating to me because right now you kind of like need him because you have, again, Io's hurt. Lonzo's hurt. Caruso's hurt. So you're getting like a lot of Matt Thomas. This is a situation where like if you trade Kobe, like hopefully you can make the Dennis Schroeder trade uh, or get some other type of guard. The Kobe thing though, is just like when the team is healthy, when like he's the what the fifth guard now, Io is better than him. Uh, I know we've talked about how they could use his bench scoring, but in this situation, like in like a playoff rotation, like is Kobe in your playoff rotation? If you're going off the bench, Caruso, Lonzo, another wing and then maybe a big guy like is Kobe like how much is Kobe playing in the playoffs I think you probably throw him out there sometimes but like I don't know like so that's why I'm like if you can use him to get and he again he's and he's been fine but like if you look at the defense with that with him out there has been awful uh his shooting is still just okay I think he's at 30 just over 36 percent from three he this is his third season he's going to be extension eligible it's just, it's just such a tough situation because I really just like the idea of him as that microwave score. It just like hasn't quite been there enough. Again, he had that really nice stretch, but, and then with a healthy team, again, he's like your fifth best guard. Uh, so if you can use that to get who would basically to get a guy who'd be your starting power forward, I feel like you just would like kind of have to do that. Obviously, or some another upgrade in the front court. It would be tough to get rid of Kobe because we have talked about how we really think the Bulls could use him given their lack of bench pop, but and especially right now because they have no guards like available. So that's just like a, it's just like a really weird timing situation with the injuries with the deadline right here. So I mean, what do you think about that? Yeah, I feel like he would probably sneak into the playoff rotation just because like Io is basically big enough to play the three. Yeah, He's got like six eleven wingspan. He's a guard, but like, you know, sort of the calling card of Iowa is just his general versatility, his yeah. size, the fact that he can do a lot of different things on the floor. So I do think there's a spot for Kobe. I was looking up the Kobe DeRozan pairing. They've played 747 possessions together. And when those two guys are on the floor, the Bulls offensive rating is 121.7. Off the top of my head, I would say that's probably would be the highest in league history. Uh, or pretty close to it. Their defensive rating, though, is 120. So they're only <laughs> and there. You go, yeah, <laughs> yeah. They're like up by. They're up by. They're like plus two, which is still pretty good. But I like pairing Kobe with DeRozan because, as has been the case throughout Kobe's career, he's a very good catch and shoot guy, and he's not a great pull up shooter. By the numbers this year, Kobe's hitting 38.6 percent of his catch-and-shoot threes on 4.3 attempts per game. He's hitting 30%, 30.2% to be exact, of his pull-up threes on 1.3 attempts per game. So I still like the idea of Kobe on this team. I think that, 
you know, he really, I thought, found himself on a good role with the team when everyone was healthy. I thought the Bulls had guys around him that could sort of hide some of the shortcomings in his game yeah, and really accentuate sure. some of the strengths he had because the Bulls needed some scoring on the bench. They needed someone who could get up threes. I think Kobe pairs well with Vooch and DeMar just because he's a guy who can be a high-volume three-point shooter. And I, th- I think if you lose a guy like that, you're going to miss him. But with that being said, if they can get a starting caliber four, that would be just a massive improvement for the team. You would still have some time to get Harrison Barnes up to speed. We've been talking about Barnes for months at this point. I've never known what what it would take to get Barnes. Uh, The Kings are a totally dysfunctional franchise. (laughs) has like 16 straight years. They haven't made the playoffs since, I believe, 05. Longest NBA, yeah. Longest drought in the NBA. And they're like a year or two away from tying the Bills for the longest drought in American professional (laughs) sports. That was uh, before the Bills drafted Josh Allen. I think they made it their last year with Tyrod Taylor. But anyways, the Kings are totally dysfunctional. They continue to be dysfunctional. If you could steal Harrison Barnes from them, I think that would be great. The other thing you got to wonder about Kobe is like, are they going to be able to resign him? Right. And what's the best for Kobe's career too? I mean, if he's going to stay here, he's going to be behind Zach. He's not a great fit with Zach because they sort of have similar strengths, similar shortcomings. And then you got, you know, you have to pay IO soon. All, and you're going to, so he, him and IO both come up the same year. Yeah. So, I mean, it might be beneficial for both sides if they could agree to something like that. But with that being said, like, you're not just going to give away Kobe, who is number right. seven overall pick. He's having For his best sure. year this year. He still brings things to the table that help the team win games, especially when the team's at full strength. And the question is, like, are you really going to be able to get Harrison Barnes for him? I think that would be a, probably not. <laughs> yeah, like it, it's sort of a fantasy scenario yeah. that we're talking about here because Barnes should have a pretty strong market, I would think. Now. You know, in my opinion, fucking throw in that Portland pick wherever you can. I want that Portland pick trade. Yeah, I mean, uh, if you can, I, if you can make that trade, like I said, basically Kobe Jones the first for Barnes, and you're keeping Pat as like as so you got Barnes for your starting four for a year, maybe longer, and then you still have Pat there to develop. You give him some more time to develop. I mean, I think that is great. I think at some point you're probably moving Kobe or Io, one of the two. You probably have to pick between the two. Maybe it doesn't happen now. It just when you already have Lonzo and Zach, probably as your long-term starting guards. You have Caruso as a, as a guard, uh, key guard, and then you have Io too. I mean, this again, Kobe's like the fifth guard and the healthy team. And while he does bring stuff to the table, if you can turn that into a starting power forward, with only giving up that Portland pick, which is whatever, and then Jones, an expiring contract, who's hurt right now. And that just seems like a no-brainer to me. I don't know if the Kings would actually do that, but we don't know whatever the fuck the Kings are ever doing. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Let's let's move on. Uh, let's talk about the Wizards. I, I mentioned we had a few Wizards questions because, again, Bradley Beal off the season. Uh, they might like to sell. They're, they're, I mean, they've been tanking lately anyways. Uh, so we got Matthew Sherry. That's at Matthew Sherry. So it seems like the Wizards may be open to a fire sale with the Beal surgery news. Oh, do you give it for Kuzma? That was one of the questions. I think we had another Wizards question here, too, maybe. We had this from Pete Chapman. Is Kuzma available? Because he would be a great fit. I'd also be happy with Thomas Bryant. Uh, we also had another from at Greek Bulls fan. Uh, he had a, he just gave us a trade offer. Kuzma's really good this year, and uh, Raul Nito can help a little more off the bench. The suggestion was Nito and Kuzma for Jones and Kobe White. Uh, so basically, a bunch of Wizards questions. Uh, first of all, Kuzma. Do you even think the? I mean, I know again, fire sale. Wizards might have a fire sale. Kuzma's been like really good for them. I don't know if they would trade him. I think he's on like a really reasonable contract as well. I don't know if they would trade him. I think it would take a decent amount to get him. Yeah, Kuzma's been good for them, but he's fallen off a bit lately. His three-point percentage is down okay. to like 33 or 34%, I think. Uh, he didn't have a super great January. So, well, actually, I'm sorry. He averaged 22 and a half a game in yeah. January. Now that they pull up the numbers on 51% shooting from the field. So yeah, I mean, Kuzma is a good player. The thing about Kuzma is he's sneaky, huge. People don't realize that Kuma Kuzma is like six, nine, six, ten. uh, you know, very good size for a four. He can shoot threes. Even if he's not a great three point shooter, he gives you a little bit of juice off the bounce. Not someone who's going to consistently get to the rim, but he can at least like attack a closeout, get into his floater, his mid-range pull-up. So I really like Kuzma. I mean, everyone who listens to this podcast has heard me give my stump speech for Jeremy Grant. Now, the issue with Grant, and we may touch on him later, is just that, you know, we're not sure if he's going to like buy into the role. You're going to have to sign him to another contract. And, you know, hell yeah to Jeremy Grant. If you're just wanting to get buckets, get paid. You only have so long to be an athlete. I don't resent him whatsoever for wanting to put up the most points and get the most money possible. Kuzma to me feels like someone who could even be a better fit because he is solid defensively. Uh, He's under contract, but my issue with Kuzma is like, you're not really going to throw him at Giannis. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like he's pretty good on the perimeter, but in terms of guarding like the biggest, most badass scorers who the Bulls are going to have to see in the Eastern Conference playoffs, like I'm not feeling super good about my chances with Kuzma on them. Now he, he he's like almost better on smaller players. I feel like please correct me if I'm wrong on this too, because I do think Kuzma is a solid defensive player. He but... definitely has improved a lot. I remember him on the Lakers. Like I know I've saw people talking about how he had gotten a lot better, was on part of elite Lakers defenses that won a title. Uh, he's definitely gotten a lot better. And I, I mean, I guess at this point he'd be probably a lot better than they're throwing out there. Obviously right now. And just in terms of the pure size, he's obviously bringing some size to the table that they just don't really have that much of. He's not huge, but like, he's still like a big wing. He's big. Uh, yeah. He's a big guy. What is he? Six, eight, six, nine, something yeah, like that. Six, nine, six, ten. Yeah. So like at least something like that. I, I feel like I'd be surprised if the Wizards traded it. Maybe they would. 
I feel like it would take a lot. Like, I like would they need Pat to get Kuz, to give up Kuzma? I don't know. He's a little older than I feel like we'd you think of. I don't think you trade Pat to get Kuzma. No, I would. I don't probably think so either. He's not that good. But it's an interesting. The Wizards are just very interesting. And we brought up Harold before. Like Harold would at least bring rebounding and some activity. I, I know really defensively want. he's not great. He's had been got the unplayable tag like in the playoffs. Yeah, he's so obviously Harold, a lot better than Tony Bradley, but. Harold rocks in the regular season, yeah. but I feel like when you have Harold, you sort of become a Harold centric team where like you basically have to set him up to just play maniacally fast rim run end to end. We know he gets exposed in the playoffs every year. He's sort of like an innings eater in baseball yeah. where like he can get you through the regular season with pretty high level production, but in the highest leverage games, like how much is Harold the backup five going to work? Right. I definitely like the idea of finding another backup five. I think Robin Lopez is someone who's out of the Orlando rotation who could be pretty good for him. We know that he is pretty stout defensively. He can hit that little hook shot when teams try to go small on him. So it's not like you can put a guard on Robin Lopez defensively because he'll just back you down, hit you with a hook shot. He also has good hands, could pass a little bit. So I would like that over Harold. Harold's going to cost what, what about more. What about Thomas Bryant was the other name? Pete. Chapman asked about again, like, so he's good offensively is a shooter. He's pretty brutal defensively. I would like someone with a little bit different skill set. Someone primarily who is going to know their role. Who's going to be able to catch the ball on offense, make passing reads that, you know, Bradley just hasn't been able to make. And Vooch does set the bar pretty high in that regard, yeah. but the bulls have such a drop off when Vooch comes out of the game. And we know that Vooch's play is not consistent either. It fluctuates yeah. pretty wildly game to game. So uh, I would love to see them at a backup five. I like the idea of Kuzma is a starting caliber four. I think like if you get him, he's starting over Javante Green. Oh yeah, absolutely. You're getting, uh, you know, I don't think he's he wouldn't probably close for the Bulls when they're fully healthy because you're probably gonna have Caruso in that lineup, but and Ball, but uh, he could I, I like the idea of Kuzma for yeah. sure, just because he gives you size shooting and defense. Yeah. Uh, I guess just in the talking about the backup five, that was one of the questions. This was from Matty D 1981. Just any addition options for another big uh, based on what happens today. Would, what do you think about Tristan Thompson? If he gets like bought out by the Pacers? Uh, I, I don't know if he's washed at this point. Like I was, he was like, toiling away on the Kings. Uh, obviously he's got plenty of high profile playoff experience and finals experience. I'm not even sure how old he is at this point. I think it's around 30, uh, 30. I think like if he gets bought out, like I would look into him. I know Paul Millsop has also been linked to the Bulls as a buyout guy. He might be washed. Though I mean, I'd probably take Thompson over Millsap at this point. Uh, what do, yeah, what do you think about? I guess either of those options as like yeah, I'd probably guys. take Thompson over Millsap. Millsap's not doing a ton for me, but you know it's a low bar for the Bulls in terms of their right. backup five. They definitely <laughs> have room for an upgrade there. So yeah, Thompson doesn't do a ton. He's basically his signature skill has always been rebounding, but. I think that, you know, if you could get him, it's not really going to excite me, but I would think, all right, that's okay. You know, he'll get you some extra possessions on the offensive glass. Uh, He'll be, you know, a guy who probably isn't going to be making like advanced passing reads, but uh, I mean, he, he had a couple seasons above a 10% assist rate. So I guess, I guess is what I would say. (laughs) It doesn't excite me, but right. 
I mean, the buyout thing is always like people hype up like the buyout market and then like those guys you should just being like dog shit anyways. Uh, so I would at least take a shot again, like you said, low bar when we're talking about an upgrade on Tony Bradley. Uh, so I, like I said, I would take Thompson. I would take a shot on Millsap, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't be like super excited about him. Another name here that we had a question from a uh, backup five, just is from Jeff Miller at round ball reason Kobe. We said, would you trade Kobe straight up for Jackson Hayes? Uh, Jackson Hayes on the Pelicans. They obviously just made their big move. They had got Larry Nance in this trade for with McCollum. He's not healthy yet, but if he does get healthy, does that knock Jackson Hayes out of the rotation? Uh, I feel like that'd be, I don't know. Like I, I know Jackson Hayes, I feel like has had moments where he's like really exciting. Uh, I believe he also just had some legal troubles, uh, unfortunately, but I think he has been playing at least a bit more lately. I haven't followed the Pelicans that closely, I guess. He's been playing the four for them and he's been shooting some threes. He's yeah. hitting like 30% on the year. He's a very low volume player but yeah like you said jackson hayes just got charged with domestic violence in los angeles too so to me i'm not touching that one yeah, I would, that's fair I think yeah. there's, there's value in just like kobe's ball handling and some yeah. shooting too and jackson hayes is super athletic he definitely has some skills as a player he's also got some baggage already uh i mean did he is he in his third year this year or second <laughs> maybe third or fourth maybe and okay, well the point is that uh jackson hayes when he got Passed up for the rookie sophomore game back. That's <laughs> very excited words for the NBA. You could Google that one because I don't want to say it on this family friendly podcast. <laughs> because we're talking about Jim Boylan, in which case we get an explicit explicit sticker. But uh, I'm probably not doing that one. But you know what? Five years from now, if Jackson Hayes is really good, it wouldn't surprise me. I've always liked his skill. He was a guy who put up like a sky high true shooting percentage when he was at Texas in his one and done year. I think he's been developing at a rapid rate. So that trade sort of like piqued my interest, but not doing that one. I think, you know, I don't really want to move Kobe unless you're getting like a proven guy, like a really, really good player. Because I think there's some value in, there's a lot of value in what Kobe's been bringing to the team. Yeah, for sure. I don't, I don't, I think Kobe for Hayes seems like a lot of, if you get Hayes for much less, I think he's just not proven enough. And, and as you mentioned, the legal issues, not great. Um, and a few more questions here, but just some like generic trade deadline questions. Uh, put me on this from young, at young blast show, put me on blast. And then at Fierce Jeff, both similar questions, just like kind of like situation, just like if this is what happened with the bulls, would you be happy Would this be successful? Uh, one of those, like if the bulls ended up with Pirtle, Victoria Craig, they keep Pat, but you get rid of Kobe Jones protected pick. Is that successful? Another similar one. If you only made one move and it was that Schroeder mood, would you like that? Like, is that enough? Like, I guess what would you see basically as like a successful trade deadline here for the Bulls? Is I kind of I mean, these questions are asking a starting caliber four and a backup five. I would think that that would be like a home run. If you're trading Kobe in that, I think that you're gonna need to find another guy who can be a catch and shoot threat. Those guys don't exactly grow on trees. That was supposed to be Matt Thomas's skill set and. Uh, you know, he has fucking more concussions given out than, than, you know, positive impact (laughs) games basically for the bulls at this point. So if they could, if they could land a starting caliber four and a backup five, to me, that's like a grand slam. Uh, I've already stated my case multiple times. I think the bulls should go for it this year because the East is so wide open. Now the bulls are kind of snake bitten and there's certainly a chance that, you know, the Bulls could be a team that ultimately loses in the second round of the playoffs. 
it's their first year together, that would still be fine, right? That's not like a devastating result. But like the Nets stink, dude. They would be the playing tournament <laughs> right now. They might trade James Harden. I don't think that deal is going to happen for Ben Simmons, but it certainly could happen, uh, you know, before our next episode. The Bucks just don't look the same. I think that, you know, you look at the short offseason they came off of, very similar to the Heat and the Lakers after the bubble season where both of those teams underwhelmed. The Bucs should be really scary, but they just haven't been at this point. We don't know if they're going to get Brooke Lopez back, how good Brooke Lopez is going to be, how's that going to affect them. He was a big part of the rotation during last year's playoff run for the last few seasons. You got the Heat who have just been killers all year despite injuries and COVID and everything else. And then, you know, you look at the Bulls and they have a 1.6 uh, point differential right now. That is lower than the Minnesota Timberwolves. The Bulls are a game and a half out of first in the East. The Timberwolves are 15 and a half out of first in the <laughs> West. And the Timberwolves have a better point differential than the Bulls. But what gives me faith about the Bulls, Jace, is that when they have Caruso, when they have Ball, the team's been really good. DeRozan and Zach should be the exact two type of clutch playoff scorers you need. And the Bulls have been really good in close games. They've just been able to pull close games out of their ass, largely because Caruso and Ball are so good defensively. DeRozan and Levine are so good offensively. When Vooch plays well, it's pretty much a cinch the Bulls are going to win if DeRozan keeps playing at this level. So I would be in favor of the Bulls making a bold move. I would not mine trading Patrick Williams at all. And I like Patrick Williams. I think that Patrick Williams is going to be really good, but it's more just about the timeline, right? Like, does he fit Vooch and DeMar's timeline? Yeah. You also got to think on the flip side, like, do you keep Pat and maybe use him to go get Jokic or Kevin Durant one day? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, keep around. He gets better. He becomes a good trade chip, right? You don't want to like burn your best trade chip right now, maybe on a season where you still might not have enough. I guess I believe in the Bulls. Like, maybe I'm being a dumb Homer fan, but, like, the fully healthy version of this team absolutely rocks. I think they check pretty much every box you look for in a contender. I think they have one big hole. It's at starting power forward. The expectation of Patrick Williams after missing the entire season with this wrist injury, you know, hasn't really proven himself to be a quality NBA starter yet. To expect him to be that coming back from this wrist injury – I think it's just asking him a lot. Otherwise yeah. you're putting a ton on the shoulders of Javante green, who I love and who I think is so great at making like these low key winning plays, darting in for offensive rebounds, finding a way to tip the ball to teammates, getting deflections, love Javante green, but he's also six foot four. Can't he's shoot. Also <laughs> like someone who can be ignored on the defense. Yeah. And, and the playoffs more and more in the playoffs. Yeah. Right? Problem. So, you know, what do I want out of the Bulls? I want the Bulls to win the fucking title this year because <laughs> I think they're not that far away from it. Now, you know, you could go all in. You could get Jeremy Grant. Jeremy Grant could buy into his role. Everything with that could go great. And they could still lose in the second round. They could lose in the first round. So, I mean, yeah, the, the there's no the, guarantees, but yeah, there's no guarantees, man. But, you know, life's too short to, uh, <laughs> to not go for it. So, yeah, and, yeah, and this is a perfect segue into these some of these last few questions we got, which were basically just like overall like, uh, like what would make a successful season. Shout out to Jackson's J Morrowitz seven, Kyle McMahon at Kyle thirty four B. He had a bunch of questions for us, but his last one was what would be a successful season, uh, from No Noel, 
Uh, he the fourth looks like he said how many wins would the Bulls need to get a play, home play-in game? Just this kind of like where the Bulls will be going into the playoffs, what they're looking at overall, like what would make a successful season here. Shout out to everybody who asked questions, by the way. Uh, the East is just kind of really fucking crazy right now, and it just that's why I just it's kind of it's just kind of a really interesting weird spot for the Bulls. Like obviously, like there there is I feel like a chance the Bulls could wind up in the play-in just because they're only like a few games up. The, the Raptors have won like six in a row. The Celtics are coming on really strong and now have the top like uh, point differential. So like, what would be, I mean, obviously you want them to win the title. What do you think would actually still be like a su- successful season here? Like what I, I feel yeah, like, I avoid, like top six, I think getting top six and get, at least getting, avoiding the play-in, I think would be a positive given the injuries at this point. And that obviously be great to win a series maybe even two if they can get healthy. I feel like for me, at least at least getting in the top six and avoiding the plan, I think is should be the goal, is a reasonable goal right now. They do have a somewhat easier stretch coming up. So I'm going to say that barring a Knicks-like elimination that the Knicks had against the Atlanta Hawks in the playoffs last year where the Knicks had this great season, and then they got TKO'd by Trey Young in the first round of the yeah. playoffs, barring an exit like that, I think this season's already been successful. Like if the Bulls play, I'm trying to think who they could play in like a four or five matchup. Like I would expect them to beat the Cavs, but a Cavs matchup would be really difficult for them. Yeah. If they play the Sixers in a four or five and they lose, but it's like a tough series. I mean, it goes no seven, let's that. say maybe it goes six. Like, am I going to think it was a bad season? Am I going to think the DeRozan deal wasn't worth it? No, of course it was worth it. That would make me think, well, they should have went more all in. Like that's that's the thing that scares me is if the Bulls do lose close in the first or second round, it's like, well, what would have happened if they would have added another yeah. piece here when you have a pretty obvious hole on the roster in terms of the starting four? But I already think it's been an awesome year. I think that I'm just like the Bulls built a really, really great team when they're healthy. They've been yeah. snake bitten by bad luck throughout this year there's only so much you can do about that but there's no doubt that the peak version of the bulls is an elite team within the nba it's one of the seven or eight best teams in the league and i think it's a team that at full strength can absolutely make some noise in the eastern conference playoffs and people are down about the team right now but listen the bulls need caruso and lonzo to be themselves and it's not like another team that can rely on like lebron or something like the lakers don't need maybe don't need their fourth and fifth best players or like any LeBron team, I should say, or any team with like a true standout superstar. That's what they kind of do. Those teams <laughs> don't need their fourth and fifth best players as much as this version of the yeah. Bulls do. But, you know, while DeRozan and Levine have gotten so much of the attention and so much of the credit for the team's revival, the Bulls are truly a full ensemble cast when they're at their best, right? Like they need every single piece to make them the best version of themselves. So uh, I think it's already been a successful season as long as they don't go out like chumps the way the Knicks did last year. Yeah, I, I, being in the play on playing tournament would suck, but like I said, it's the East is just really deep with really solid teams this year. So like they have, like I said, they have a stretch coming up with I think a bunch of home games against some weaker teams. They they got to win. I know they can't stop anybody right now, but the offense is good enough. But they gotta they gotta bank some wins again and hopefully stay around in this top six. And if they do that and they can yeah play a good first round series, hopefully it's good. I don't I don't know what are they right now thirty three and twenty one. If they get into like the mid forties. Maybe to high the high 40s. So I think that should be enough to do it. I said I think they do need to do something here. They definitely need to do something. I don't know if I, 
I'm definitely not as gung ho about them going like all all in now, just because of what's all, how snake bitten they've been. I said there is a risk of not doing that as well. Like maybe they do get it healthy, and then you wonder like, oh, what could they have done if they made made a bigger move of this? They got to do something. I'd like to see at least a few moves. Like if they did come like make this trade deadline, if they were able to get maybe Schroeder. We haven't mentioned Tory Craig. Like Tory Craig maybe. And then like a big guy, if you're able to add like two or three pieces there where you add a backcourt guy, you add a wing and you add another big guy. I think that's what they should be looking for. Just like kind of one in each spot there. If they were able to do that somehow, I think that'd be great. Uh, Just help with the depth for now. And when they get the guys healthy and you can have just a much deeper, more versatile roster for come playoff time. And then you just, and then you just let it roll and you see it. And if they're healthy, like I said, I think we both, I do agree that I think they can compete with just about anybody if they have their full complement of players uh, and hopefully they do do that. So that's basically everybody. Again, thank you so much for uh, everybody sending in questions here. This was great questions. Trade deadline week is always a lot of fun and it's a lot more fun now that the bulls are a pretty good team, even though they're a bummer right now, Uh, but they're still in the mix here. Season's not over. They got a ton of time left. They can still win games because they still have some good players here. Ricky, any final thoughts here before I close this out? Not really. I guess we'll be back Thursday, right, Jay? Yeah, we we'll will do. Yeah, we'll try to do a probably uh, Spotify green room. Uh, not right after the deadline, because we both both be covering stuff on the deadline, but probably a little later in the day. Uh, we'll try to do a live green room to react to whatever trades the Bulls do make, whatever they don't make, and all the other stuff that happens around the NBA. And we'll see if the Harden Simmons situation happens, or if Simmons goes anywhere. Uh, so we'll do. We'll talk about the Bulls. We'll talk about any other big stuff that happens as well. So yeah, that'll do it for us here uh, for this episode of Cash Considerations, this trade deadline preview episode. As always, shout out to the Blue Wire Network. Shout out to all those great pods with the trade deadline here. Uh, please go listen to the other, if you're interested in any other teams, NBA teams. And then obviously we got the Super Bowl coming up this week as well. Great Super Bowl coverage across the network and then all the other great pods across the network. We've Blue Wire adding some big pods. Again, we brought in the Richard Jefferson Channing Fry pod. There was another big one. We've been bringing in just big pods here lately so a lot of cool stuff going on at blue wire for us here at cash considerations as always rate and review us give us those five star rings at apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcast we're also on spotify google Podcasts, stitcher all those good places you can also follow us on twitter i'm at bulls underscore j ricky is at sp underscore ricky we'll with the trade deadline going on we'll be talking always going back and forth on twitter and answering your questions like we did here today uh, and then as always shout out to fuzz gun for doing our new intro new cash intro great stuff go check out a soundcloud so for me and ricky cash considerations we will talk to you guys on thursday happy trade deadline week everybody let's have some fun let's make some moves take it easy Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. 
That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.